Zane Lowe, Apple Music. Hey everybody, it's time for another conversation here in the interview series. And this week, our guest is a remarkable young new artist who has a timeless voice and an amazing ability to write songs that deal with that universal experience of heartbreak, but in a very new and modern way. His name is Giveon, and I've been looking forward to having a conversation with him for some time, partly because I'm a big fan of his music and also because he hasn't really said a lot about his music. His journey is an exercise in patience and to some degree restraint, putting out the right songs, the right EPs, but it never felt like the attention he was receiving was rushing him into making decisions. He moves in a super considered and deliberate way. So we found ourselves face to face to talk about this moment, a moment that all artists dream of when you get to release your debut album proper. And unsurprisingly, this became a really deep and thoughtful conversation about where he came from, his family, his grounding, about where he's going and his dreams for the future, but always somehow in the present moment. This was a really engaging conversation for me. I hope you enjoy it. This is Giveon. Something really special about someone's ability to be able to make you think and reflect, but also like lift you up. It's Mm. like a rare quality in someone's voice to break a heart and put it back together in the same moment. Mm. (laughs) I feel like that's your superpower, Gibeon. I feel like that's what you do, bro. I think it's just the comfort of knowing that you you didn't go through that by yourself. I get it. I think that's really it. I wish I could do that. Yeah, but you don't need to, man, because when you hear it, you get in that zone, right? So you hear chords like this. Someone brings them to you. And then you get into a place like for tonight where the words come and the emotion and the feeling starts to present itself to you. Mm-hmm. Can you try to describe that? So my proce- my process is... I really think the story is the most important part. Simply because I think that's what's going to make someone go back to it. (laughs) That's definitely what's going to make me play it over and over again. So I like to have the story first. But you're the subject of the story. Mm -hmm. And that is a lot to write about. This album, man. Talk about worth the wait. This album is a... I know you took your time. I know you made us wait for a reason. You had to get it right. And it feels like you've really done the work to make it sound this effortless. (laughs) You know, what was it like in a few words to get the ball rolling? What will you remember about this album as an experience? How do you think, even with a bit of perspective now with it being done, how is it changing shape for you? How's it presenting itself? I think with this album, I'm so grateful that I'm in a place where I could still be honest and vulnerable and not chase moments. <laughs> not sidetrack yourself. And not not chase songs. Yeah. Because I'm also in that space where, for example, where Peaches, right? Or Heartbreak Anniversary. You know what it tastes like. Yeah. And I'm glad my thought wasn't, I oh, need, yeah. I need another one. Yeah, man. That shows real restraint and maturity, even at this relatively early stage of your journey. Um, you know, I know you've lived a life, you've got things to say, but we're still discovering what you're capable of and will so for the rest of your life. Very new. And I think that's that's a tricky thing too, is I think sometimes people forget how new I am because technically this is my first album. Yeah. 
So the last thing was just two EPs. Yeah. Uh, conjoined, really. What's Again, it just shows, I mean, there's a theme already developing in the first few minutes of us getting to meet each other face-to-face, and that is that you have this inbuilt maturity in terms of how you want to manage your journey. Mm-hmm. A lot of us, when we get a taste of something, to your point, want more of that straight away. And we're very quick to tell people, I've been doing this. Whereas you're out here going, <laughs> that can wait, and I'm brand new. Right. Like, just <laughs> just be patient. I mean, I think a huge part of that is music education and music history. Which you were given by your mother? Yeah, exactly. She put me in this program with the, um, the Grammys, the Grammy Academy in L.A. They take inner city kids. They teach you music history. They teach you songwriting. They teach you all of this. So while all of my peers were studying the current rotation the of artists, the internet, I have assignments to study 60s swing jazz with. Yeah, you're being Nat to- King Cole, yeah, Frank Sinatra. You're being introduced to craft. Exactly. So, and I'm learning how it takes a, it takes time to get to that point. And also artist development, which is like almost, those words are almost extinct. It's a forgotten art. It's a forgotten art. And that's the main part. I'm kind of envious of, you know, even I, I, I barely missed the cusp of being able to take my time and have artist development. But now music is consumed so fast that a lot of the newer artists, we don't, we really don't get to have the development. And, and we're developing on the internet in front of everyone's eyes. So it's. So here's a really inspiring lesson I think people can take from your process. If you can't take your time, you took your time. If you won't let me take my time, I'm going to take my time. Mm, yeah, literally, that's what I did. Because while this is happening, I'm still new and almost every week, where's the new music? Where's the new music? So being bombarded with that as a new artist. Anxiety-inducing. Inducing. And it's, it's, it takes a certain amount of bravery and confidence to know that Facts. whenever I release this body of work, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fine. But that's also not tricky, but you have to make sure you aren't, you aren't following any trends as far as sonically or conceptually because by the time that music sees light you don't know when what new moments or new anything will be there so you have to make sure everything you're doing is timeless so that you can take your time which requires you to be immersed entirely into your inner voice Mm -hmm. and this and your spirit that's guiding you through this process because nothing else is available to you right you're dispelling everything else out of the creative space I have to, and I have to be careful what I'm listening to. Do you listen at all? I definitely listen, but I try to listen to almost the polar opposite of what I'm making at the time so I'm not influenced subconsciously, mm. you know? Mm. And that's how I keep my, my balance in my duality also. It's so fascinating already, dude, because <clears throat> you are somebody who has um, established principles for yourself and a framework within which you are disciplined enough to remain. Right. I think... It's crazy <laughs> in I, a great way. I think a huge part of that is I did all the steps. I did the shows in Long Beach, California. 
with 15, 20 people. I released the song or two on SoundCloud that got 30 streams. And I've slept on couches. So I don't really have the fear of losing it all or like rushing. Because you've tested your resolve. Tested it already. And I'm not, once I've seen people connect with the music that I'm making, knowing that I didn't conform at all. I have this voice that, you know, and I'm singing about whatever it is I'm singing about and people are still re receiving it. So I'm like, oh, I could, I could just do my thing. It's pure because otherwise I feel, and I've seen this with artists before when they've been embraced by creating something that wasn't pure and did it a room that is just locked. It's a locked room. It's not them. So now every time they hear that song, they hate it. Yeah, the only way you get out of it is you kick the door down. You set fire to that room. Right. And then fans are mad. I thought, uh, you like that room. Yeah, exactly. I see that all the time where like, fan is telling an artist about this song, do this song, and they're like, I hate that song. <laughs> You'll never hear me say, I hate that song. No, for sure. And you can tell on this record, bro, start to finish that you have really worshipped at the altar of these songs, you know, and the performance, man, I gotta, I've really got to give it to you on the performance on the record, you know, you, the moments you chose mm -hmm. to rise up, very thoughtful, Thank and a know. lot of time really just spent serving the story. Yeah, I think that's what, that's what it comes down to. That's what adds the replay value. But also the thing about storytelling for me is you have to, Make sure it's digestible as well. What does that mean? Like, with my songwriting, I like to make it sound like a dialogue and not too poetic. Right? I, I probably won't use too much imagery or literary devices or just like, I won't make it too poetic mm. because you still want to understand what's going on. Mm. You don't want to be too cryptic. Yeah, it's, it's the conversation at the breakfast table. You know, the day after a rough night. Right. Or... Or the barbershop. Yeah, exactly. Wherever the situation is where the conversation is going to be at its realist, why would you then put a barrier between that and the art? Exactly. And I, I would listen. That's a, that's a lot of the stuff that I listen to when I'm not, when I'm not making stuff. That's when I go back and just listen. Yeah. And then I would be like, I enjoy it, but I can understand how some people might find it too cryptic. So can we put a couple of names on a, on a, a playlist for life? Like who, who are some of the people that, you know, you really relate to on that level? Playlist for life, Drake. It's just incredibly good at it. Just incredibly just, good at telling you exactly what's on his mind, but making it rhythmic and catchy and, and, and memorable. Yeah. Like it's that it's clear, it's concise. You know what's going on. You could listen to it in three years. I feel like Drake has almost, and this is a random thing to observe, but from my perspective, I feel like Drake has done more for establishing a a strong backbone against bullying. Just mm. by making the records like If You're Reading This, where he's just like, I'm fighting back. Because he's an outsider. He knows it. Mm -hmm. He's not anymore. He's the Michael Jackson of streaming. I mean, yeah. But he beat the Beatles, Michael Jackson. He's Michael Jackson of streaming. But, but yeah. when he came out, he knew it, it was, it was going to be on the line like that. And I feel what I love about my favorite Drake is when he's pissed. He's a little pissed. He's just pithy. He's shitty. He's just had a bad day. <laughs> he hasn't had his breakfast. He's in a bad mood. He's hungry. He's just got a fucking chip yeah, on his you shoulder. Could, you can hear it in the bars, but it's also... Not blatantly saying it, but saying it in a simple and hard enough way <laughs> that those who need to get it will understand it. And that's yeah. the approach I really just take. I like to just tell the story in a 
simplest, but also poetic and coolest way that I could say it. How I would actually just talk. You, one of the best moves I feel that you made in your journey today was that you let that moment just be a moment and you didn't double down on yeah. it. And you didn't just wear it out. Mm-hmm. You're like, feels nice, huh? Cool. It'll feel nice later too. Right. You know? And I will say that was me coming from the story that I would come from, just like ground level. I feel like even before I would be like, oh, like let's keep this as as much as I- Fan the flames. Let's keep going. But I knew more would, would come and it's just, more, there'll be more moments. Well, guess what? Somebody who's like, lucky enough to be in the curiosity business probably wouldn't have even brought it up if you just pushed it and pushed it. Yeah. But I was fascinated by the fact you just parked it and was like, I'll always have that. Right. What's next? That's the thing. Because <laughs> I think like, I can't wait to, I get to a point where I, I just announced the tour um, like yesterday. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I think it's so cool to be able to one, stop touring. Not that I would ever, I don't think I'll ever do, but the idea of just doing a one-off, mm. just like at state, well, it's called crypto now, but like, cause I'm from Long Beach and just doing a one-off and then just doing all those moments over my uh, career <laughs> and just le- just letting it go. You're a special dude, man. You make special music and that's cause you love special. Like you mm-hmm. love, I feel that that's really the, so far if I'm collecting key words here mm-hmm. on the way, cause I'll go home later my kids and my wife will be like, you know, how was your day? I was like, mm-hmm. oh man, I met Givion and we all love your music. Like, what was he like? And I'll have to come up with a couple of words because otherwise I'll just overcook it, right? Right, right. You got you to gotta pick like three or something. Three or four words. It's like, mm-hmm. man, he's special. And that's definitely like, because he loves to do things in a special way. You know, that is a, it's hard to find these days. We are drawn into a world where things are not special enough. You know, what's tricky about that too is because it's not hard because... I was going to say it's hard to be an artist, but not hard because I know some hard, you know, I was a yeah. server for five years. Yeah, I washed dishes for, for four. I get it. You, you know, know? Yeah. You, you was washing dishes? Four years. I actually enjoyed it. That's hard. It was hard, but you know what? I got to put my headphones on and yeah, I yeah. got to listen to my tapes and everyone left me alone. Mm-hmm. And I and I liked getting messy. I liked the fact that I something clean came out of something messy. <laughs> I see it. Mm. But like even that, it's like, I know, I think that's a huge thing too. I, I have perspective of like reality. So back to, to my point of trying to be special in a world where, in a space where everything is so digestible, mm-hmm. even there's, I could see a special artist or a special individual being forced to conform easily. Oh, it's heartbreaking. It's one of the lowest points. When you see someone you admire just struggling with it, you know? Yeah, and it's like the points that someone will make will make sense. You know? Well, you know, because there's no such thing as a perfect relationship because? Because everyone, no one's perfect. No one's perfect. Yeah. No one's perfect, right? Mm-hmm. And even the people you trust, man, it's, trust doesn't even come into it, right? Intentions and trust aren't necessarily mutually inclusive of one another. But I will say, <clears throat> talent is one thing. Perspective is one thing. But I honestly will say, like, your team trumps all of that. At a certain point. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky enough just from the jump to just have, I think, the best team ever. Well, you picked them though, bro. So I'm not trying to bring it back to you, but at the end of the day, there is an, I've met so many people with so much talent 
who should be fulfilling every dream they could possibly imagine who just picked wrong. Mm. It's, it's sad to see. But stuff like that is why I'm just like so grateful for everything. Like so many of my peers like are not fans of their first tour, right? Just because of the logistics and yeah. You dream it up and it doesn't it can never live up, you know. Yeah. Kind of thing. But I'm I'm in love with every single process. The the hardships, the if I'm critiqued at some point, I, I'm a fan of all of it. I'm just like, oh, I'm actually, I'm in the NBA now. Can I make an observation, which I hope you take as a compliment? I wouldn't see why you wouldn't, but it might seem, you know, a personal observation, but you're a really well-raised young man, mm. aren't you? Yes. I think my my mom was, I think she had a good balance of raising me, but not making me make certain decisions. Because so, I feel like at some point, you you kind of have to come to certain not, I don't want to say raise yourself, but you you just got to have enough to make your own decisions. Well, that's the balance between nature and nurture. And it sounds like yeah. your mom understands exactly where the right place is between those two things. Yeah, she 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 gets it. She got it. Which is a concern for me because I'm a fan of love, obviously. I want to get married and have a family one day. And I came from nothing. So I'm like, how do I make sure whatever family I have, my kids one day have that nothingness. It's an incredibly poignant observation for someone who's not there yet. There's someone who <sighs> is in it. Right. I will, and that we could just pull the mics down, turn off the camera, go for breakfast <laughs> and get into that for an hour. That's a whole different world. Maybe, one day, I, maybe one day we will. Maybe right. one day you remember this moment and when that time comes and you're expecting your first kid and we'll probably still know each other in some capacity, mm -hmm. we'll have that moment. Have to. But I will say this to get the ball rolling. Be kind to yourself as a parent. There'll be days when you feel like you got that balance right and there'll be days when you feel like you didn't. Mm. But it's okay because the through line is love. If the through line is love, and support and understanding and listening and trust and nature and nurture, then it will balance itself. Then even on the days when the lesson wasn't hard enough or the lesson was a little too hard, mm -hmm. at the core of it, the center of it, your kids will know all those other things are there and they are the anchors that will keep them balanced. So the left and the right will happen. You just got to be kind to yourself when yeah. it does, you know? There's no such thing as a perfect relationship no. because... Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, for your mother to be able to recognize your talent and to be able to nurture you into a place where you got grounding from which you can remain grounded is a rare quality. Mm. Do you think she recognized your talent before you did or did she follow your lead? She recognized it first. So she would just play music around the house while she cleaned. And she she was one of those people who once she likes something or a song, she's gonna play it over and over. So like she's a music fan. Music fan. So if you're in the vicinity, you're gonna learn that song against your will. Yeah. Yeah. So then I would I would just start to sing along because it's just in my head at this What's, point. What what song right now? And please continue your thought. But just as a quick circuit breaker, what song immediately springs to mind right now? Uh, Denise Williams, "Silly of Me." Wow. I could, I could just hear it. I could smell the pine saw, the bleach mm. while she's cleaning. And just in uh, Denise Williams Free. Mm. But I would start to like 
sing along. And then the next family birthday, she'll have me sing happy birthday to mm-hmm. like an uncle, auntie, cousin. Did it feel natural to you in those moments or were you trying to make your mom happy? First couple, I was just like, I was just trying to make her happy because I didn't hear it. And then seeing people's reception, uh, reception of me was like, it's like looking glass self. Oh, that's the drug. Yeah, I was just like, oh. That's the closest thing to a drug a kid can have. <laughs> it's attention. Like, <laughs> exactly. And I was like, I was a class clown just for, I think that was really for attention. So once I realized I had this voice, I started cracking less jokes. Channeling that into that. I was getting attention this way. Because I can't connect you with the class clown at all. Mm -mm. I mean, you are, let me, let me make this statement right now. Giving you, you are a reformed (laughs) class clown. (laughs) I made it out. I made it out of the clown. You made it out of the clownery. You made it out of the clownery. You put those clown shoes high up on the, on the. I put them away. (laughs) I put them away. I will say. Those size 23s are somewhere (laughs) high up in your closet right now. Red, bright red. I will say though, because because of the pandemic, mm. because ev- when we talked, it, w- it had to be obviously like virtual. Mm. This is my first time doing this ever. I know. So it's not lost on me, man. So I'm just like, people. There's also a side people don't get to see, and I'm actually hilarious. You can't call yourself hilarious, bro. I, I, I can't. <laughs> Look, look at you right now. Like, how does that not count? That counts. You're laughing right now. You're dying laughing. That counts. That's true. However, give you that. however you get the laugh, you got the laugh. Yeah, what's going on with all these artists calling themselves hilarious? We had Steve Lacey in yesterday and he was like, I'm the I'm world's funny. funniest man. <laughs> <laughs> and I said the exact same thing to him. I was like, Steve, you can't call yeah, yourself that, the funniest man. Okay, you definitely can't just say it. But <laughs> I wish it was like, I should... Tell him. I, if, if I had like people here, I'd be like, tell, tell him. him. Tell him how funny I am. I dare you. But <laughs> yeah, you definitely can't just say it. I definitely got to prove it. But I said that to say, because I haven't been able to do these, because of the world was shut down the day after I released my first EP, March 27th. Yeah, but something, but something always also told me that you t- chose not to do these. You know, that you were picking... Listen, I'm grateful. Yeah, very like, selective, I, yeah. I'm going to pull the curtain back for a second and just break the wall down. Because we started and I haven't looked up. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't thought of anything except everything you're saying in the moment. Right? Mm-hmm. So to pull that away for a second. Number one, this is, I hate to put hierarchy in the picture, so I'll keep it a little <laughs> loose. This is hands down one of my favorite conversations of the year no, already. Really? Seriously. Okay. Can't you tell? Well, I don't, I don't. I'm not looking at my watch I, I, or looking I, at notes. Because I watch, I watched you in Wyoming with Ye. I watched the, the classic one with Ye, obviously. Yeah. And I'm just like, you're always like, you ask the right questions to get the right answers in a conversation. So I was just like, I was just seeing it as talent, but I, no, thank man, you though. This is like, I'm following you mm-hmm. and just weaving and dancing with, with, with what you're saying. When we were going to have this conversation, I was... I was excited, man. Like I was like bordering on nervous, you know, like Mm. I had anticipation because you haven't done this and yet the music that I heard on your album when I listened to it and what I've heard you do thus far, I feel like I've known you for 20 years. So it's like, it was a strange combination of factors. I never thought about it like that. You know, I didn't feel, you don't feel like a new artist to me. So I'm so glad that you think of yourself as one because it doesn't feel like one to me at all. Like I was there in the crowd at Coachella, bro. 
I you, was, you watched it? Yeah, man. It was fucking epic. Oh, wait. Which weekend? First weekend. Oh, okay, that was my... I like that one. You came out, man, and your understanding of pace was everything. You know how hard it is to go out on stage that big in front of that many people on a weekend like that, having not done that before, and not just do it 3x in pace, 3x in energy, and just... Man, I don't even know how you did it. That's an actual question, Givion. How did you do that? Your hands were steady, dude. You know what it is? And people probably won't believe me. I watch a lot of stand-up comedy. Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Hart, and, the, and just public speaking, like if uh, Obama speech, Dave Chappelle's pace, ignore that he's, he's telling jokes. His pace and his delivery and confidence is second to none. Mm-hmm. Obviously, besides, like, I watch a lot of, I just watch a lot of live things. Luther Vandross, Teddy Pendergrass. Um, People who understand the, the, the importance of space. Because what space allows an audience to do is to invest. Yeah. We can and invest in the moment, too. Soak, we, in, soak in it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Not just be led, but actually be guided and then be given space to figure out Oh, this is a moment. Yeah, the space is so important. But even just like watching Teddy and Frank Sinatra, there <laughs> when you when you don't have the dancers or when you don't have the twenty piece orchestra going on behind you, mm. it's all up to you. Mm-hmm. I realize the importance of just trying to connect with each person. Cause also a thing I was con- not concerned but curious about was what if no one knows? Who, like, I, I, I kind of try to approach every festival like not a single person knows who I am. Smart. Because not every single person does. Especially Coachella, main yeah. stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, there's, there's so many variables. Even in the first third of the crowd, there's people in there waiting for the next act. You got to reach them. Exactly. Mm. So I'm, I'm like, so what is it? What, what, what impression do I want to leave? And I want to leave like... <laughs> oh my God, hang on, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Just stop for a second. That is the fundamental truth. That is the biggest question any artist should ask themselves Mm -hmm. before they go on stage. Have enough presence of mind. Take a step back and ask yourself. Say it again. What impression do I want to leave on this person watching me right now? That is fucking crazy. That's it. That's it. Because that is your, that's the architecture through which you move for the next hour. Exactly. It's a, it's a show. It's. I don't know. It's just, a sh- and it's, there's so much power up there. I think once you understand just the history of what it is that you're doing, you'll understand that this is amazing to be. Like every venue I do, if I'm on tour, I say, I want to see the list of people who did it. And then I'll go back and it's just, it's, it's crazy. It, at its very core, this album is, is kind of sad. There's, there's real sadness that flows through this record. There's a lot of things that are unresolved and a search for answers that just may never, ever arrive. Yeah. I mean... Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. Because the, this album is really... I don't know when's the last time we heard a story from the perspective of, I'll say, a 25 to 27-year-old man really just telling his story and then on top of all of that you add all this newfound attention yeah. I can't remember the last time I heard that no me neither and and delivered in a way that 
really could have been positioned in any decade. That's the, that's the, that's the timelessness I aim for. So I, mean, I yeah. want to know, like, once I know that I could just drop a project off in any decade and it could grow and flourish, that's when, that's why I also have the confidence to take my time. Well, you can't rush an album like that you so eloquently described, you know. I think when you get to a place where the foundation of self-belief that meets the foundation of believing in others, which is where mm. real relationships exist, mm -hmm. I have enough self-awareness and belief to be able to be at my best and share my worst, and I trust you to do the same. Mm -hmm. When that gets broken, you lose a little bit of that innocence that your parents try to instill in you. You know, yeah. Your mother tried to tell you, hey, and you've turned that into a record. Like that's what the album is to me is mm -hmm. it's like, I know who I am, but I don't know if we're matching yeah. anymore. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I love that you keep um, really just bringing it back to me and my mom's conversation because that's, that's the reason I, I chose no features because th this story is so personal that there can't be another voice besides me and my mom. Because that's the, that's the conversation that was had. Yeah, look, it's the first time we've heard from you telling a story. And so the person who helped you write it needs to be your mm -hmm. collaborator on this. I get it. Yeah. Where and when and, and what was it like to play this album to your mom? And I can imagine you didn't play a works in progress to the degree. I can imagine you sort of made a moment out of it. Yeah, definitely made a moment out of it. And it was also... Too personal? She, you don't have to share that. No, no, she made sure that I... I made it a moment because she'll be like, you know, just mom stuff. Oh yeah, I made this today. She'll be like, I want to hear it all once it's done. Oh man, your mom just sounds incredible. <laughs> She's like, she, wow. She just gets What's your it. mother's name? Uh, Annie Pearl Battle. Wow. What we call her Pearl. Man, fantastic. Annie Pearl. And she was just like, when it's ready, when it's done. Because she understands that I'm a project artist. She understands that every every song is connected, every interlude is connected, every all the sonics are connected. So then once I played it for her, obviously she started crying. Whereabouts she, were you? What was the environment? I was at home. Hmm. I, I like to just like have my family over. Like I try to do it like once a week, but mm -hmm. if, if busy, probably like once every two weeks. Mm -hmm. And all my family was there. And I was just like, I played it for them. And it was just like, wow. You'll never forget that. No. Ever. Never. I can't. That's in there forever. I, I can't. And being so close to family and being family oriented is another thing that keeps me grounded and like keeps perspective because it's so easy to lose a sense of reality as an artist, especially as an artist who build up a community. And now you kind of feel like your world is so free and blessed you can lose a sense of like what's actually going on. But then like if I'm spending time with my cousins, I, I'm hearing their pain points and I'm hearing just like what life is like and I'm seeing what it's really like. Then I'm like, oh, my, I almost feel a sense of like guilt if I feel bad about it. Well, anything. I was going to ask you whether you, yeah, it's you, like, you, you feel like you're an empath. A hundred percent. But I, it's a gift and a curse. Mm, I know that. I hate it. Yeah. Like, I'd much rather just not hear about it because I know that I'm going to feel what you're telling me. 
So I'll yeah. just be like, just don't tell me. Do you try to protect yourself from that sometimes as well? Like I, I will literally like my wife will be like, we should watch this and I'll read the, the, the I'll watch the trailer and I'm like, nope. <laughs> Can't do it. You know, like if she's on a This Is Us marathon, I'm like, I'll leave you with that. Right. Well, for me, I think, I don't know if it's, I'll say lucky, but if it's not a personal connection, it won't go as deep, obviously, like, mm. you know, but for me, if I've seen something that, if I was to feel it the same way I would feel it for a family member, I would be in trouble and yeah. I would have to like not watch anything ever, yeah. especially in today. Yeah, yeah. Like today is, is it's exhausting. It's a painful time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's exhausting. And one thing that I noticed too with just the people around me is no matter like how hard life gets or how expensive life gets and bills and all this, they still find a way to listen to music or make it to a concert because and I, I don't want this to sound like a bummer because it's actually a, a beautiful privilege to mm-hmm. be able to experience art and, and and distract ourselves with the many things that are out there but it's it's we've become really good at being distracted yeah and and it makes feeling harder mm-hmm. I think it is a form of self-protection in a strange way because yeah. of exactly what you're saying yeah it's like it's the escapism of it all escapism of it all right so it's like that's what now I'm just starting to see my role in life as an artist It's to really just like, you're not fully escaping because of the stories that I'm telling you probably there's a good chance. If you, if you don't know it or have been through it yourself, you know, someone who has, mm. but it's still, you're getting comfort and knowing you're not alone in that. And you're escaping from your, whatever issues you have for just like an hour or however many times you replay it. I think that you've created a, exemplary version of that i think i think you've you've made a body of work which draws you in and and yeah it does it reminds you of things that you've been through or heard about mm-hmm. but you're also never ever successfully separated or divorced from the performance and the quality of the music which is super important and i want to talk about performance on this record with mm-hmm. you because there's some painful vocals on here. There's some moments where I really feel what you're going through yeah. in that moment and and just like an athlete preparing to go into onto the court or into the ring or onto the field. You have to stretch, you have to prepare, you have to psych yourself up. Everyone has a process. How did? How do you know it's time or find yourself in a place where you can actually conjure that emotion? Because it ain't a switch. Yeah. I think it had to be, one, I have to make the song. I try to make it when I'm feeling it. So, so that it's a raw emotion, right? And then two, that's, it comes with the artist development. And just knowing how to, what a lot of things I've learned is just a feeling. Mm. Like you, you really can't articulate it. It's just, no, that we need another one. And they'll be like, why? I just need another one. Vocal production, just, and that's something I've learned through the years. Because you developed yourself. You did your yeah. own artist development. You figured out what you need to do, and where you can go, what's left in the tank to yeah. achieve. Yeah. And it's just, it sucks yeah. that us now, I keep feeling bad for newer artists is because we we get rushed. We get rushed. And then if it's not up to a standard that our community expects, we get critiqued. But it's also a message to not my, my community is very understanding. Right. They've been very patient, but it's, I just feel for other, other artists. Cause it's like, you, you, you want quality, but you also want quantity at the same time. So are you prepared for criticism if and when it comes? 
because oh yeah always but i think i'm in a space where it's like as far as criticism it's i don't know the 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 world is interesting now because me personally it's like if i'm shopping for clothing if i don't like this shirt i don't like the tailor in the cut i'm not going to hold it up and be like hey everyone in the store i don't like the shirt if you, if you were wondering i'm just not going to pick the shirt up i'm going to go to a shirt that i like buy it and wear it but now people are picking up the pants they don't like telling everyone in the store they don't like these pants and i'm just like i don't understand it so as far as like criticism i'm just like i'm it's art as well you know it's it's like if i'm telling you a story about my heartbreak it's up it's at my discretion you can't say ah tell me how you got your heart broken in another way it's like no (laughs) like just go listen to something else so it's not, I don't even think anything would be bad necessarily. It's just re- either it's for you or it's not. Did you just, did, did you just end <laughs> criticism? <laughs> I, think, I think you just ended no. criticism. I think, I think I did. I think you just took us into the store of life, picked out some pants, put them back on the shelf. <laughs> And criticism is no longer a concept. I'm just saying, I don't think criticism it's, is a concept anymore. It's just like, <laughs> unless it's something from, unless you're seeking it from your core, your nucleus. Like Say people, no more, Giveon. You ended criticism. <laughs> I just don't understand <laughs> and it. And so it will be known. Like, I don't know what the f***ing day is today. Wednesday, June 15th was the day the criticism right, ended. Done. There's no more criticism. Like... Just put the pants back on the shelf and just, go to another just aisle. Just buy another pair of pants that you like. <laughs> I love it. What do you like on the days when you do, when you doubt yourself? I'm self-aware. That is just not happening today. And I'll just go do something else. I don't think I ever really doubt my self in a sense of my ability. I just would doubt, like, do I have it today? And I think it's that. And that's probably because I've been doing it. For, I've just been, I, I've learned myself. So, yeah, I really, I really don't doubt myself. Are you enjoying the part of this journey that requires you to meet people, have experiences like this? I know this is your first, right? Of, right. This, of this nature. So, hopefully, it's been a good one. But, you know, being able to pull back the layers of this whole experience mm-hmm. that haven't really been available to you or you haven't exposed yourself to because you've been in process and you've been in creative and now you're in preparation but that if you want to put it out there you're in execution mode and execution is is this yeah i do i think at first i was kind of curious as to how it all worked intention yeah Mm. and like what what is this what are we doing yeah intention is the word right yeah but then I think I was just like, that's just, I do look at that part as work though, but I'm okay with working. Mm. That's a lot. You can just not work. And by the way, it is. I remember one of the first bits of advice I ever got when I decided to do this. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine who gave me some really great advice early on took me aside and said, yeah, you can do this, but there's a couple of things you should remember. It's work. For an artist, it's work. Don't ever assume they want to sit in front of you and talk talk about their art. They'd rather be on a beach somewhere, especially if they're on tour. There's weed to smoke and people to meet and parties to Mm -hmm. have and things to do. Coming in and talking to you is an hour out of a day. They 
They could be doing something else. So understand that and then do your best to make it as comfortable and enjoyable as possible. And that's the only real jump off. So it is work. Yeah, it's definitely work. But for, because not everyone is Zane Lowe, but so for this, this is a, this feels full circle. Mm. But for the most part, it feels like work, but also like, you know, you, You've, you've been to plenty of listening sessions, like yeah. album listenings, right? Yeah, they can be so awkward. <laughs> it can just be so... <laughs> but the thing about those, yeah. I love to get to tell the story first. Mm-hmm. And then they hear the album. I don't get to do that with just like fans. They just have to hear it. So this is kind of me getting my chance to really give them context yeah. before they listen to it. I think I have a feeling on how your listening sessions go. I think I think that I, something tells me having not been to one. Let me see my man over here. Simon. Hey, something tells me that when the, in a listening session, because this is what everybody does in a listening session. Mm-hmm. All right, this is how listening sessions go. They go like this, right? You're there, and I'm everybody, and everyone looks everywhere but at the artist. Mm-hmm. Because it's scary. Most times, artists are looking everywhere but the audience. Mm-hmm. I think you I think you look at us. I definitely be looking. I knew it! <laughs> I definitely look. It's it's a Simon, it, man, I know this guy. I know this because guy. Because I'm just like We were friends in a past life, bro. I know you. Because I'm just like. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like. What is there to learn if you're not observing? I just want to see like your body language yeah. to certain parts of the story and just certain. Yeah. Alright. If if I'm not lost in it myself. But I want to see. Or I'll make it subtle, like. Yeah. You know, I won't be like. Pharrell does that. Subtly look? Sometimes he just looks right at you. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> and I, it draws you in and there's nothing you could do but, but actually be in the moment with the music. It's kind of what he's saying, I think. Yeah. It's like, I'm playing this for you. What are we doing here? You feel that? You feel it? What are I we just doing? found out yesterday or... I just shot a video that Pharrell has a key to the city in Long Beach. That is a beautiful fact. What, and, a, what a fantastic fact. In Long Beach. I, that's what I'm saying. It seems random on paper, but why wouldn't he have a key? I mean, why wouldn't he have a key to the city of the world? To everywhere, right? right. And then I was like, because I was talking to someone. I was like, I want a key to the city one day. And they're telling me the people who have the key to the city in Long Beach. Artist-wise, it's a Snoop Dogg. And then I was like, yeah, Pharrell. And I was like, Pharrell? Pharrell. One of us should ask him. Next time, one. I think it's because he brought just a creative energy to Long Beach because they do a, a convention yeah. in Long Beach. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was just that. Yeah, of course. It was Complex Con. Here's your yeah, answer. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, wow. But when you said Pharrell, that made me think of like, I got to get a key to Long Beach. You're going to get a key to Long yes. Beach, man. Although everyone thinks I'm from, not everyone, but I'll say 80% of the time when I meet someone and tell them I'm from Long Beach. They say, oh, I thought you were from London. That happens 80% of the time. Any idea why? Um, no. No. Why would you? I can make assumptions, what? but I no, honestly what, no. don't No, I mean, it's a trick question. Why would you or anyone make that assumption? Right. I mean, it's not like, oh, I thought you were from <laughs> Huntington Beach. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. It's like London's a whole specific. other country. So, city in another country. Yeah, it's like. It's a specific aura. I think it could be the the fashion, and it could just be you are very fashionable. Thank you, man. We we try to yeah. We obviously take really care about it. I love that man. I love the whole mesh sweater thing you're rocking yeah, right just, now. The cardigans like fantastic. Some, I've been eyeing that up the whole time. Just some Chanel. How do you wash that? 
dry clean it, right? Dry clean. You get, there's sure. no way it's going to a standard it's gonna, it's gonna unravel for sure. Yeah. I, but yeah, I think it's just aura, really. And I think it's the mystique. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's also like, I don't know. I don't want to put Long Beach into a bracket because it's an awesome part of the world and it's given us great music. But Right. But they do associate, you know, just West Coast rap. Yeah, it's Vince, yeah. it's it's Snoop, and yeah, man, we're strange people, aren't we? We're a funny species. We like to make assumptions about people, and all we really we have to do is listen, and or ask them, or ask questions, mm-hmm. right? Or I, I have the first song on my last album was called "The Beach." <laughs> exactly. Literally, the beach. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I don't think it's going to be any question after this album comes about, hey, where you're from or where you're going. That's <laughs> mm. the most important thing. Where you're from establishes a foundation upon which you can build, bro. But this is just a, this is an important floor you've built here, man. You'll build many, 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 many floors. But I love this one. And I think you've brought up a, a thoughtfulness and a depth to mm. music this year with this album. I think it's a stop and listen record. Yeah, stop what you're doing for stop sure. Stop what you're doing for sure. It, it has to. Don't shuffle. I mean... Obviously, I ain't shuffling. I've had a great time today. No, I'm, this is a, this is really full circle, yeah. and I'm glad that this is my f- first yeah. ever. Like even when I look back in ten years, I'm like, oh, the first time I sat down was was ain't long. I don't take it for granted, man. I remember it forever, and I'm looking forward to the next time already. God bless, man. Course, Congrats, please. man. Thank you, man. Such an incredible artist. Give you on the album, give or take, is up on Apple Music now. You can listen to it. Thanks so much for listening to this the interview series. Appreciate you. <laughs>